Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me today. This is Pod Save Nigeria podcast. Nigeria is going down the drain, and we believe we can save Nigeria through this platform. I am Emmanuel, and I've been studying Nigerian politics for over 15 years. Joining me today is Lekon. Lekon, do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, thank you very much, Emmanuel. And uh, thank you very much for everyone for joining us today on this, uh, on this podcast. Uh, I'm happy to be here again to review the recent happenings in Nigeria with you guys and also to discuss about the off topic in Nigeria at the moment, which is the Twitter ban, happening, uh, the Twitter ban in Nigeria. Thank you, Leko. Last week, we reviewed uh, events around the death of the late chief of army staff. We also talked about uh, Pastor Adifarasin's comments where he advised Nigerians to get a plan B. The plan B he was referring to is to get citizenship or residency of another country. But if we look at what we discussed last week, it's just like we can predict the future. Twitter was on fire this week when the president, uh, and, uh, when the president of Nigeria banned the activity of Twitter in the country. For those of you that are not aware of that story, the president of Nigeria made a tweet in which he threatened the Southeast that, uh, that there will be a repeat of the civil war if they don't get into order. Many people feel the president has stepped out of line with that tweet because this is a president that said if the government goes strong on Boko Haram at some point, he said it will be an attack on the North. So for, such, for that same president to now make such comments about the East, it's generated a lot of heat. And uh, many people reacted, many people complained to Twitter, and uh, Twitter said that tweet wasn't in line with its principle. Leko, are you aware of that? What do you see about that? Uh, I think it's a very, very, I think it's not a very, very good situation in which Nigeria is at the moment owing to what has been happening for the past 24 hours in which the presidency announced that they are going to ban Twitter in Nigeria, which obviously they've instructed uh, internet service providers and telecom providers to suspend the, uh, to suspend Twitter from being viewed or from being used by every Nigerian. I think it's not a very, very good outlook for the presidency and also for Nigeria as a country because whatever the president does, everyone sees it as the Nigerian, the Nigerian banning Twitter. It's not a good look, and I think it's a very, very, uh, it's an unsas- it's a very sad situation in which the country finds itself at the moment because trying to ban Twitter, trying to, you are talking about the human right of people. You are trying to tell people not to come, not to be able to criticize government and not to be able to criticize government and not to be able to say whatever they think at a particular point in time. I think it's not very, very good, and this can be termed as human right. This can be viewed as a human human right abuse from one perspective, and this can also be viewed in another perspective as being just being dictatorial, because I view you just coming up a day, because what is the law governing this? And also the Antony General of the Federation coming up today and saying any, every, anybody using Twitter is going to be persecuted. What is the law that people are going to be persecuted with? So they just check somebody's phone, you are, you are using Twitter, you are tweeting Nigeria, and that is, a, that is unlawful. That is a criminal offense. I don't just understand it. I don't know the law governing that. I don't know what the constitution says about that because obviously the constitution is clear. The constitution doesn't say you don't have the right to tweet. 
that that is not in the constitution. The constitution don't say you don't have the freedom of right, don't have the freedom uh, of right to, to say what you think. That is not what the constitution says. So it's just a very sad situation in which the country finds themselves now. I think Nigeria will look back to 2015 when Good Luck Jonathan said, when I leave, everybody's going to remember me and everybody's going to come back to the enjoyment, what people are enjoying at the time. This was uh, me quoting what uh, Good Luck Jonathan said. Say, the freedom in which Nigeria enjoys now, I think everybody will remember me for that. And I think that uh, message actually resonates now with me, me looking at back as what happened in 2015 and what is presently happening now. I think well, it's, just a very, it's just a very sad situation in which Nigeria finds itself at the moment. Yeah, and another interesting thing is that if we look at countries that are censor their citizens in terms of uh, online, one country that comes to mind is China. China is a communist country. I think everybody should understand that. And what communist country means, there is a party. China, China is a one-party system. A party controlling everything that happens in China. The leader of the party is the leader of the country. So China is a one-party state. Nigeria is not a one-party state. Nigeria is a multi-party state. And Nigeria runs a true democracy. I think everybody needs to understand that. So everything the country does, there is a parliament that has to approve laws for everything. So now this Twitter ban, what is the law? What is the decree? Has it been passed by the, has it been passed by the Senate or by the House of Representatives? What is the law governing that? There is no law. So somebody is just coming up and saying, oh, I'm banning this, I'm stopping this from being, I'm stopping Nigerians from using Twitter because Twitter deleted one of my accounts, one of my, uh, sorry, one of my tweets. That, to me, I, I see that as, uh, I see that, I call that a, a, a Twitter tantrum. You just throwing temper tantrums and saying, oh, because they don't want me here or because they deleted one of my tweets, then everybody has to suffer for it. The president is one person. And the president is, should also be subjected to the rule of law of Nigeria. The president yeah. is under the constitution. The constitution governs everybody in the country. So when you say, because, oh, Twitter deleted one of my tweets, then I have to stop every Nigerian from using Twitter. I think it's just, that is illegal. That's why I would put it. And I think that is unconstitutional. And I expect this law, I expect this uh, decree, or I will put it a decree by the presidency. I expect this to be challenged in the court very optimistic that if this is challenging in, in the court, then they are, they are obviously going to win because there is no law governing this except the president then transmit a, uh, then transmit a paper or then transmit a law to the, uh, to the House of Representatives or the Senate for them to pass it, which I obviously I know that is never going to pass. Yeah. That is never going to pass in, in, the, Nigerian, in the Nigerian parliament as it is set up now, despite the fact that APC owns the majority, both in the Senate and in the House of Representatives. So I don't see the way that is going to pass because the pressure is just going to be much from the public. So I do, I believe this is illegal, and I, I'm very sure that this is just going to be, this is not going to be, this is not going to be a long time issue. That is what I believe. But for it not to be a long time, I think the the, the citizen, the citizens, they have to rise to the occasion and they have to put more pressure on their elected members. They have to put pressure, start, they have to start putting pressure falsely from the House of Assembly members to their House of Representative members, to the Senate members, and to their governors. At this particular point in time, as I'm talking to you, only one governor has said something about this whole issue. And the governor is from the opposition party. And so that tells you, so that tells you a lot about what APC as a party, what they think, and what they, what they, what they think, and what they think of the citizens of Nigeria. Every right that people have offline should be 
protected online. Definitely, the Nigerian government banning Twitter is a means that the government is obstructing the right of the people to express themselves freely. And with what you said about the governors, people are now complaining because the governors, they are like the enemy, they are enemies of the people. Anytime the Buhari government is doing something that is against the people, the governors usually keep quiet. The only time the governors support the government was when the government increased the proposal to increase fuel, the price of fuel. Is it they are taking it to 410? So only God knows the type of governors that we have currently. Anything that the president does, the presidency does, APC as a party, they see that as very good. And because of that, even when the governors don't agree with that, they keep quiet. They keep moot. They don't say anything about it. But PDP as an opposition, I think they need to also rise to the occasion. Now, I've only had one governor from the opposition party, PDP, saying something, which is the governor for your state, saying something against this. Where are the other PDP governors? PDP is equal to APC from my own. Because yeah. if you look at the members of the APC and the members of the PDP, they are... Uh, it's just like them changing team. They are just like footballers signing yeah. new players. Yes, we understand. But these are the only two parties that can win election in Nigeria as of yeah. now. Yeah. So those are the only two parties that can win presidential presidential election in Nigeria as of now. And because of that, I expect PDP to rise more to the occasion. Everyone will say, "Oh, PDP, they were the one in charge of. They were the one governing Nigeria for 60, 16 years. Yes, they were the one, but it was not as bad as this." Everybody say it was not so good. Yes, they, were, they made mistakes and all the like. Yes, they did. But it was, not as, it was not as bad as this. People, there was still freedom of speech. Everybody was still able to criticize PDP they, during, the, during the time in which they were, they were in power. Even this same APC, they were criticizing PDP when they were in power and none of them was locked up. None of them was picked up. The government did not say, oh, because you, because you guys are criticizing us on Twitter or because you guys are crit criticizing us on Facebook, we are going to stop everyone from using uh, Facebook or Twitter. No one did that. That is what Nigerians has to, they have to look at and be like, I think something is really, really wrong with this APC. They have no, because at the moment, the economy of Nigeria is shattered. There is no plan for the country. There is nothing. The only thing the president and the presidency can think of is, oh, Twitter. Let's ban Twitter from Nigeria. And when you look at it from this perspective, a lot of Nigerians, a lot of people depend on Twitter for their livelihood. A lot of, you have social media influencers, people earning money from Twitter on a daily basis. Now you are going, you are trying to tell them that, no, you guys cannot more use Twitter. A lot of people use Twitter as an advertisement for, for what they are selling. And are you going to tell those ones that, oh, you guys can no more get customers. You guys can no more advertise your goods because the president is not happy with, maybe he's not happy with Twitter because they deleted one of his, one of his, one of his tweets. And looking at this tweet, the president was trying to say what happened in 1970, which was, which was a war, can still happen now. So that, that obviously goes against the Twitter rules. And Twitter decided to delete the tweet. They cannot blame this on the opposition. So the next thing they have to say is, oh, Twitter is, uh, is uh, interfering in Nigerians' issue. Which way is Twitter interfering in Nigerian issues? Which way? It's just, I think the president and the presidency, they just need to look this and come back to Nigerians and say, oh, we are sorry, we made a mistake here. I think that is the easy way out for them. But at the moment, I don't see that happening. And I think it just tells you a lot about Nigerian government, the way it is at the moment. 
And I think it's a very sad situation in which we find ourselves in. Yeah, a few weeks ago, Twitter announced that they are going to move some of their operations to Africa. And they selected to have their office in Ghana. Many Nigerians were not happy about it, including myself. And the reason is that I believe that Twitter makes more money in Nigeria than many other African countries. But right now, with the situation between the Nigerian president and uh, Twitter, is it that Twitter knows what we don't know, that our president uh, lacks respect for democracy and human rights? And uh, in terms of the economic implication, as you rightly said, many people are doing their businesses on Twitter. I see many people now being forced to buy VPN. Is, it, uh, is the president now trying to be against uh, the people? This government is not trying to make life easier for the youth. Is there any reason that you think that this government is making life harder for the youth? I think at the moment, the government at the moment is making life very, very hard for not only for the youth, but for all Nigerians at the moment. Because if you look at it from this perspective, just as, we, as I said earlier, a lot of Nigerians depend on Twitter for their livelihood. Either as they work as social media influencers or many people advertising their goods and services on Twitter. Even almost every company in Nigeria, every big company that offers services to Nigeria, they have Twitter as a mode of communicating with their customers on a daily basis. So now trying to now say, oh, you guys can no more use Twitter because the president is not happy with Twitter taking down one of his tweets. I think it's... That is trying to say, oh, because Twitter is not happy with me or because I'm not happy with Twitter, that every other person who's, every other person's livelihood is going to be cut short. Nobody's going to be able to use Twitter again. Your source of income, every, all of you earning money from it is going to be stopped because I'm not happy with Twitter. And I think at the moment, it doesn't speak well of the government. And also looking at it from what you've said, uh, Twitter taking their headquarters, African headquarters to Ghana instead of bringing it to Nigeria. I think... In looking at it, but looking at it then, everybody felt Ghana, uh, Twitter made a mistake. But looking at it now, will anybody come out and say Twitter made a mistake taking their office to Ghana instead of Nigeria? Absolutely not. I think they were right in taking it to Ghana. Because at the moment, Nigeria, the Nigerian government is not consistent with its policies. And all these companies, they try to take, they try to take their offices to a place in which has a consistent policy in which they could actually plan ahead and they could plan maybe for in the next 20 years, this is going to be the policy. Then they can actually set up a good plan for their company or for their operations in that area. So it is just, you look at it from that perspective. And at the moment, I think many global companies, many multinational companies now at the moment, thinking of setting up their country, setting up their offices in Nigeria will be thinking twice, like, are we, are we, making, are we making the right choice taking our offices to Nigeria? Some of them will be, some of them will be having serious thought about that. And considering the fact that Nigeria, a country of over 200 million people, to Ghana, a, company, a country of 30 million people, as in, it, the, the population alone in Nigeria should tell you that I need to take my operations there because that is where we have the more potential to earn more money as a company. And you then not taking your offices to, to that country and taking it to a, less, to a country of lesser population of 30 million people. I think it tells a lot, tells you a lot about the country at the moment, yeah, not about know. not about the people, but 
the country and the government because the government is not consistent about its policies. Obviously, I know this is, uh, in my own in my own view, this is the worst government in which the country has ever had since it got independence in 1999. And I, they've just got two, two more years to, to go. And I believe anybody, and I think I will say this to anybody trying to take their business to Nigeria at the moment, to not, be, to not think of trying to take it to a different country because whatever what is happening now, I'm very sure majority of Nigerians are not happy with it. And I'm sure come 2023, Nigerians are not going to make this same mistake in which they've made maybe since 2015. You know, one interesting thing about the job advertisements for the new Twitter office in Ghana is they need people who can speak Yoruba, who can speak Igbo, who can speak Hausa. So yes, if you I look think... at many of the jobs, it is directed towards Nigerian markets. Yes, because yeah, because uh, Nigeria is uh, Twitter's biggest market in Africa, and obviously, when they are taking their office to Ghana, they are still targeting the Nigerian market. Yeah, they so, are looking for so, people that can speak Yoruba. Even so, I didn't see any Ghanaian language in what they are looking so for. So why? They, so so the, the question I we should be asking ourselves is why, in the first instance, did they not set up their office in, in Nigeria? Take for example, they set they set up their office in in Nigeria in Lagos uh, the last time instead of taking it to Ghana. Now that the government has announced that they are going to ban Twitter, maybe soldiers are going to be in their offices now, picking up the, their employees. Yeah. Th that's what this government can do. And then ad additionally, uh, talking about countries that have tried to limit the rights of their citizens online, uh, one that is very notorious with that is Uganda. Uganda during election, they usually, as in people don't have access online to do anything, internet, they shut it down completely. I think they've also done that sometimes in Zimbabwe. But in contracts, if you look at Ghana and what the Ghanaian president has been doing, not just Twitter moved the headquarters to, in Africa to, uh, to Ghana. Although I can't remember now, but it's like three companies whose major business is in Nigeria that had headquarters office in, African office in Ghana. Why is it that Buhari is copying all these failing countries instead of, because at the moment, Ghana is shining the light in Africa, especially their president. I, I, think, I think one thing that is very important is this. When, uh, if you want to have a president, you must have a president that one, that, is, that understands a lot of things about development. I don't think Buhari understands anything about development. When uh, the Ghanaian president was coming to power, when he understands that, yes, my country needs to develop. And because of that, I need to have good policies in the country. And I need to tell the whole world that, yes, Ghana has changed and Ghana is ready for business. Uh, when Goodluck Jonathan was the president, he was actually telling everyone this, oh, Nigeria is open for business. And a lot of multinational companies were coming into Nigeria there. But at the moment, I don't think this, this present government is trying to tell everybody in the world that we are open for business because at the moment, their policies is just telling everybody, please don't come to, don't come to our country. When it comes to current, uh, economic wise, the government, the government is trying to tell everyone, don't come here. And looking at this present policy of trying to say, if you don't agree to whatever we are, if, we are, if you don't agree to whatever we think, then you have to leave here. That is not a good way to go. And that is just a way of trying to tell everybody that you have to, it has to be my way or the highway, which is actually which is actually the wrong way to go for a government that is looking for development, that is looking for investors to come to the country and invest. Now the unemployment unemployment rate in Nigeria has increased drastically. A lot of young young graduates 
I graduate, a young, young graduate are out there without jobs. Yeah, they are. Ah, they going to be employed. The next thing is they are going to start telling everybody, oh, go and learn a trade, go and learn uh, how to do, go and learn uh, tailoring, go and learn this, go and learn that. That is not the way for the country to go. The country still need to, the country still need to have their graduates coming out of the universities and being employed. But in a way, whereby we are trying to tell everybody, oh, you don't need to go to school anymore because there is no, there is, it's just very difficult for you to graduate now in the country and get a job. Yeah, so I think I think the government needs to I think the government needs to think again, which I don't think at the moment they are doing because they believe they are doing the best thing for themselves. Because I don't think they are doing the best things for the for the country at the moment, which is a very very sad situation. Yeah, so, you know, I used to say Buhari is a very slow president because every good policy you see the government they want to deliberate they want to but the banning of Twitter and everything everything happened just within a week. But and I'm just wondering if the president has Emmanuel, Emmanuel, this is not just happening. this is just not happening within a week. This happened within 24 hours. They said we are going to stop this, and in 24 less than 24 hours, they've instructed the all ISP provide all ISP uh, providers and all uh, telecom operators to restrict the access to internet to Twitter, which a majority of them have done at the moment. So yeah. this policy, they just said, this is what we are going to do. And everybody just has to comply in less, in less than 24 hours. So I think at the moment, the government, when they want to, just as uh, Atel Dobit, as I said, which uh, the former uh, chairman of uh, Stambik uh, IBTC Bank, just as he said, when the government wants to make good policy, they are very, very slow. But when they want to make negative policy, bad policies, they are very, very fast to implement it. And that tells you a lot about the country. That tells you a lot about the, the, the government of the country at the moment. They are just thinking, oh, we just do whatever we want to do and everybody just have to toe in line, which is not good because this is a democracy. Everybody, that is the first thing. Everybody has to understand that this is a democracy, a government of the people, by the people, for the people, not a government by Buhari for his kinsmen, by his kinsmen. That is not, the, that is not democracy. It has to be for all Nigerians, for the over 200 million Nigerians. And at the moment, I think the government is doing a bad job. Yeah, a know, bad I... job trying to a bad job trying to sell Nigeria to the rest of the world. Because what, what do a lot what do people think about? I, I'm just trying to ask myself, diplomats in Nigeria now, what are they thinking? They are just like, oh, this this government, we can't wait for this government to just leave. That is what they will be telling themselves. I was I was reading it. I was yesterday. I was reading. A, I was reading a, a message from the uh, Sweden in Nigeria. They are got, uh, Sweden in Nigeria, and they were just. And the first thing they just said was they just come. They, they were just coming directly from the human rights perspective, because now we are trying to say everybody has to think like the government is thinking. It's even very difficult for you to go outside there and even go and criticize government now. You can't. Many people can't even do that anymore. Yelisho was outside there the other day trying to, uh, uh, with protest against uh, government policies and all the lies, and the policemen were shooting him. Whether they, whether they were shooting, whether they were shooting, uh, uh, whether they were shooting him life rounds or whatever kind of rounds they call it, but they were I shooting, shooting guns on people protesting. Whatever kind of, so this is not, 2012, there was protest when the government said we are going to remove uh, we are going to remove fuel subsidy and then this was the government was not shooting people then 
although there were there were pockets of these issues there in which a lot in which some people were short then, which obviously I actually understand I under, understand then, but immediately people rose to the occasion and told the government that you cannot do this. A lot of the policemen and everybody were taking off the street. This was uh, this was a national this was a nationwide protest that shut down Nigeria for a week. Yeah, and it was uh, like a party. I remember yeah. so many different artists going there to sing. I remember Obese Ray. But, but this, this was, yeah, this, this, yeah. Was not, this, this was not happening then. After that election, you remember when the current president, then he was an uh, opposition candidate, he incited uh, people in the north against coppers after the election, saying that coppers helped to reach election. And that actually led to the killings of so many youth members. And despite all that, the military or anybody did not come to kill all these protesters. I, I think, uh, I think the, the, at the moment, anybody that says anything, anything to criticize the present government is seen as an enemy of the government. And when you are seen as an enemy of the government, that is the worst situation you can find yourself at the moment in the country. That is the worst situation because all all uh, all agent or all security agencies are set after you, whether it be DSS, police, army, or any anybody they can think of, they send them after you to pick you up. And the first the, my first question to them is, what is the offense of these people? And going back to what happened in 2012, it, 2011, rather during the election in 2011, it's a very very sad situation because I can remember this very very well. When Buhari said, uh, I, I won this election, and uh, it was uh, coppers that reached the election, uh, that, that the government used to reach the election against me. In 2011, something has to be clear. clear uh, something has to be clear here. Muhammadu Buhari contesting that election in 2012, he had no chance of winning. He had zero chance of winning. Even his performance then, which to many people was impressive then in the northern part of the country, was, was even shocking to a lot of people because nobody expected that. And for him to actually come then and say, yes, uh, the, the rigged election against me was one, was something that was, I would like call it, was, was just a sad thing to say at that time. And yeah. also looking at the fact that a lot of, a lot of youth coppers lost their life. Was, no, 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 no. I think this, that, what happened in 2011 should have been used, should have, been, should have served as a lesson for a lot of people voting for Buhari in 2015. But... Obviously, what happened in 2015 is, is, is history now, and obviously, what happened in 2019 is history also now. I just hope uh, Nigerians can stand firm now mm. at the moment because whether the whether the present government whether the present government leaves before 2023 or they don't leave, I'm sure come 2023 that will be the that will be the that will be the end of this present administration, and uh, this should also serve as a good learning lesson. This should serve as a good lesson for the rest of the country and for everybody. Whether you are educated, you are uneducated, this should be a, a lesson for everyone. Nigeria should never elect a, presi a, a president like Buhari ever again. That should never happen. This is a time for a lot of Nigerians to now start asking themselves this question. What do we want as a country? The era of I've been contesting election for the past 20 years and because of that, and I've been losing, but Nigerians, please vote for me now. No, that, that era is, is, is finished. You, if you want to, if you want to govern Nigeria, the first thing people should be asking you is, what is your plan for Nigeria? What do you actually want to do for Nigerians? What do you, what is you have for the country? What is your plan for the country?
you 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 can't just say people should not people should not be easily people should not be deceived by this saying again. Oh, I've been contesting. I uh, I love Nigeria. I've been contesting for the past twenty five years. Oh, please vote for me. No, 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 no. That is that that is not the way going forward. The first question should be: What do you want to have? What do you? What is your plan for the country? What is your plan for the country? What do you want to do to what do you want to do to the economy of the country? How do you plan to revamp the economy of the country? How do you plan to how do you plan to propagate uh Nigeria to the rest of the world? What what do you plan to do? Those are the questions people should be asking. And these questions are best asked in a debate setting. And that is the reason why Nigerians should take debate very, very serious. Because that is where you see people telling you what they plan to do. For the country, any any anybody that wants to be the president of Nigeria and is trying to tell you, no, I'm not going to go to a debate, I'm not going to do this. People should not take that kind of person serious. Many people will say debate doesn't mean anything, but debate it means a lot of things because that is is, is at that particular point in time that they put you on your toes. You have to think because as a president, you have to you have to think. Yeah, you know, you, currently now we uh, the president. I'm surprised when he became president in 2015. It took him nine months to set up the cabinet. So I was wondering, this is somebody that has been contesting for elections since 2003, 2007, 2011. I was like, you became the president. It's like, it's not, it, it's like he didn't even plan to win. I think Buhari was, not, Buhari was not surprised to win. But one thing is clear, Buhari has got no clue. Buhari's idea of being a president is, a, is to be a dictator. That is his own idea. Of being a president, I mean, I'm the president. I'm the detector. I tell everybody whatever they want, whatever to, whatever they, I want them to do, and they must do it. That is his own idea of being a president. He, Buhari cannot be a president in a democracy. No, he can't. And this is very obvious to everybody at the, at this particular point in time. He just can't conform himself to his democratic setting. Very, very difficult for him as a person. Uh, is it this week or last week? I think it's been it's been around for a while now, but. We thought it was a joke, but now I think it's now moving to the House of Assembly. So they want to change Nigeria's name to UAR. I think is a, I think China, I think trying to rebrand Nigeria is a very good idea, very good idea because at the moment Nigeria doesn't have Nigeria doesn't have a good reputation in the world. Yeah, but when you say when you say Nigeria, everybody just ties. Everybody no, starts thinking. want of, to rebrand the country, it is not by changing the name of that country. And many people want uh, to have discussion around uh, continuity of Nigeria. So if the government wants to change Nigeria's name to UAR, that is like changing the entity Nigeria to UAR, then it will affect so many things. Like it's always been that uh, in Nigerian constitution that the unity of the country is non-negotiable. Now that they want to change the name Nigeria to UAR, then it means that it should open, it, there should be a way, it means that the unity of Nigeria now, they should be able to discuss it. Some people might not like to be UAR, other people might like to, to be UAR. They can't just force UAR on people. So is this not a mistake from the government for the fact that we have agitation from the East, from the West at the moment, changing the name of the country? Well, is, it like, is it a mistake? I think your question is in two parts. I will first address the first part, which is uh, rebranding Nigeria. I think trying to rebrand Nigeria is not a bad idea. That's that that that's, that yeah, that will be my answer to the first question. Not in the name. My question, yes, rebranding Nigeria. Yeah, if you want to rebrand Nigeria, you have to come from a whole perspective of 
trying to change trying to change a lot of things because at the moment Nigeria doesn't have a good reputation in the world. That that that's that the first point. The second part is if you change the name of Nigeria, then are you trying to tell Niger are you trying to put the uh quest are you trying to ask your are you are you trying to ask the question that is can every can any region that wants to leave the country are they free to leave? And I think this goes to the I think this goes to the point of a referendum. I think at the moment a lot of a lot of region, you have the southwest uh, the southeast regions saying they want to go they want to leave Nigeria you have you also have the, uh, some people in the southwest saying yes they want to set up their own Oduduwa Republic I think this then asks the question of can Nigeria just have a referendum and ask every region do you guys want to leave Nigeria do you guys want to stay I think that is the easy situation that is the easy answer to this uh, to this situation in which we find ourselves at the moment Everybody should determine themselves whether they still want to be part of the country Nigeria or they want to have their own separate countries. Any region that says, yes, we still want to be part of Nigeria, they allow them to stay. Any region that says they want to leave, they allow them to leave. Obviously, for, for that referendum to pass, there must be a certain, there must be a threshold. Maybe it's going to be 90% of the people or 95% as to, as to say that they have to set, they have to set the limit. As to what they want to go about, fifty percent. To win an election, it is too thought. Why should now referendum be nice? but it has to be. It has to be an overwhelming majority for so, you to actually so say you want to. Referendum, leave. Scotland. Then, if they had fifty percent, they would have gone. Why should they now? Why should the referendum be nice? How many people vote in election that they will not? No, I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying ninety or ninety-five percent. I'm not saying that should be, that should be what, they, that should be what they should go. That should, I'm not saying that is, that should be, that should be the stress road. I'm just saying there has to be an overwhelming majority. Everyone should be two thirds. It has to, it has, maybe two thirds, seventy-five percent. You can look, you can look at that. Yeah, but it, but to me, I believe it just has to be an overwhelming majority. I'm not saying it has to be 90 or 95 percent, but overwhelming majority is going to be the best for me. And I think there has to be a referendum. And I think that is your that is the that is the easy situation, that's the easy solution to this whole situation we find ourselves. So trying to say, oh, this country, these people that are trying to go, or oh, okay, set out the military against them, let the military go and calm them, let the military be out there, let them intimidate a lot of them. That is not just the situation because people people are just going to people are just going to be angry. A lot, a lot of the a lot of people on the street trying to cause mayhem they might go to their house but in their house they are angry and i think you, in that kind of situation you can't be people cannot be happy with their with their neighbors when i mean their neighbors maybe the southwest cannot be happy with uh, the southeast or the southeast is not happy with the south south the south south is not happy with the northwest or north central it, so i think everybody has to agree this is the this is the, I think at the moment this is the right time for every region to ask themselves do we still want to live with each other? Do, our southeast do we want to live with the southwest? Our southwest do we want to live with the southeast or do we want to live with the southwest? Do we want to live with the north with north central? Do we want to live with northeast or do we want to live with northwest? So I think this is the right time for the country to have a referendum and to be sincere, it takes a president with a lot of balls to actually say yes I will. I, I will I will put uh, I will set up a referendum for the country. It takes somebody, it takes a leader with a lot of balls to do that, which I don't think we've got a president that has got that balls to do that at the moment. Yeah, you know, for a very long time, when they are talking about Biafra, for example, the political office holder, like the governors, they've tried not to associate with the people's demand. Uh, during my service in the East, I know that an average person from southeast from the southeast wants Biafra because then I was exposed to 
local newspapers that talks about Biafra, newspapers that we don't see at all in the Southwest. And I see the way people, the followership and the way people read it on a daily basis. So I know it is very, very popular there. But what I want to say is, right now, we now have a governor. I don't know, one of the governors in the state remembered the fallen heroes of Biafra. This is something the governor from the Southeast has not been able to do for so many years. But because of the way the government is handling this crisis, the governors are now supporting. In their, now, you know, it, it's now like they're not supporting directly. Is it not something that the Nigeria should just be worried about? But for me, I just think we just need to, people should be free to say they don't want to be part of a country. Yes, I think people should be free to say that they don't want to be part of the country. And I think their leaders should actually listen to them. It's not When I say listen to them, it doesn't mean you tell, oh, you don't want to be part of the country, then you can go. Because what the question should be, this referendum has to happen. And I think that is the best thing. That is a, that is the easy thing for to end this all, all this whole situation in which Nigeria has found itself today. Yeah, have okay. this referendum, have this once in a lifetime referendum, post it today, and let everybody answer the question. If people want, if people want to go, fine. If people want to be part of Nigeria, good. And I think that is actually going to solve a lot of situation. That is going to make a lot of people happy because when I mean a lot of people happy, it's going to make a lot of people happy because what they want in their mind, they will be able to realize it. And if it is, and if it is, and if it is, uh, if the result of the referendum comes back to say, yes, we want to leave the country, say for the Southeast, they want to leave, or the Southwest, they want to leave, then everybody can, then we, there, 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 there can be a plan that, that is going to be set, that is going to be in motion for them to actually have their own country. And each, each and maybe you say, for example, three regions says they want to leave. The three regions, they can then have their own little countries and live, and live happily. As a country in which they can be, and we can still be, and we can still be good. We can still be good friends. Obviously, Nigeria at the moment they are good friends with uh with uh with uh, with Benin Republic, and they are also good friends with Ghana. So we can be good friends with them. And we are talking about the, and we are talking about Ghana, a country of 30 million people. I'm sure if the Southwest says, if the Southwest says they want to leave the country, I'm sure they are. We are we are looking of uh, bigger than Ghana. Yeah, they will still be because. Exactly my point. That's what I'm trying to look for. So their economy is still going to be bigger than the economy of Ghana, of Ghana for example. So there is still there is a bright future for any regions that want any region that want to live in the country that want to leave the Nigeria as a country. So uh, at the moment is bigger than Benin Republic. It is bigger than the uh, UAE. And and these are regions in which these are regions. They are not. These are not landlocked regions. The southwest is not a landlocked region, and the southeast is not a landlocked region. Meaning, they will be it will be easier for them to get any importation into their country. They've got Onitsha port. Nigeria has got obviously the, uh, the southwest. Have obviously they've got Lagos. So, so there is huge potential for every region that says they want to leave the country. Huge potential. So everywhere, be it southwest, be it the southeast potentials for them and i think that is what that is what people need to look at I, I, nigeria as a country is not what it one soul dying for one test is it's not worth it no one should die for the country it's not worth it so yeah. when people are when, so when you're not seeing a lot of when you're not seeing people dying because of the fact that the uh the the national government doesn't want a particular region to leave the country i think it's just a sad situation yeah, and then uh, just uh, a little bit away from there. This week, uh, I don't know if you know Sheikh Gumi. 
remember him? Yeah, I know Shay Gumi. Yeah, Shay Gumi. He said the government, if the government wants to stop the bandits, that the government should sponsor small factional bandits. That government should sponsor some small, small uh, rebels to counter the big bandits. I think there was the what there was the essence of the Nigerian military. That is my. I'm just wondering because uh, and then the reason why he is confident in saying that is because he is the one uh, when the governor of Maiduguri or is he Yobi State governor when they went to negotiate with the bandits, they went there with the army and they saw the bandits and they negotiated. And then Sheikh Gumitu, when he's going to negotiate with bandits, they've always government has already provided him with with soldier to go with the bandits. So because of that, you know, the government knows the bandits, but just that the government is not speaking on, the government refused to arrest or to do anything to them than negotiate with them. I think that is why they are now having that confidence that the government should now sponsor some of them. But just to round this off. I think the funny thing is, if I may just say this, I think the funny thing about uh, Sheikh Ahmad Gumi is the fact that this is a man that was a former military officer. So everything he's doing now, he knows the repercussion and he knows the consequence of everything he's doing, trying to cozy up to bandit and terrorist in the country. For what? What is it? What is it? What is the essence? Because oh, they are the most majority of them or they are from my, they are from the uh, from my region. Because of that, the government should not send military men after them. It's, it's, it's just it's just an unfortunate situation. And I think the and I think the uh, Buhari administration. They are looking at Sheikh Gumi and looking at it from a perspective of, oh, we don't want to go after this man because, oh, if we go after this man, that is going to be that might be that might be the aspect of a oh, religious uh, religious conflict or religious war, something coming out. But what Sheikh Gumi is doing is just it's just the wrong thing to do in a country, just the wrong thing. So, which one is Nigeria's bigger problem? Is it the bandits, the innocent protesters? protesting or people trying to demand referendum? I think the biggest uh, problem to Nigeria is, uh, I would say, terrorist. I don't want to, I don't want to call but anyone, I don't, want to call, I don't want to call anyone a bandit. What is a bandit? Okay. A terrorist is a terrorist. Simple as that. Somebody kidnapping and killing people for ransom is a terrorist. Yeah, yeah. A terrorist is a terrorist. So uh, people calling you oh, ba a bandit is a glorified way of calling a terrorist. A, band a terrorist is a terrorist. That is how you keep calling them bandit until they now start, until they start killing people in their in thousands. They are kidnapping. They are kidnapping hundreds at the moment. Now very soon they are going to graduate to thousands and maybe keep it, maybe holding a country hostage. So they are already doing that. <laughs> so I think so. I think at the moment that is the biggest security challenge the country faces. At the, the country faces at the moment, and that is that should be the main focus of the government. But at the moment, it seems for the government the biggest problem to them is uh, innocent protesters. Yeah, because uh, because they, because they, because they obviously they, they obviously know the bandits are not going to be able to the bandit the way they call them the terrorists will not be able to get to will not be able to get to them because Buhari is never going to leave us over. It's going to be sitting down there. So you see, oh, terrorists are not going they are not going to come here for me. So the easy the 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 guys that are really really against my administration and people that don't like what I'm doing, yeah, they are the they are the innocent protesters. People demanding for better government for better country. People demanding that their government rise to the occasion of insecurity in the land. 
those are the that is what the government sees. Those are the people the government sees at the moment as a bigger threat, which just tells you everything about the present administration in the country. So, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. We've been able to discuss the president uh, closing down Twitter office in Nigeria. We've talked about uh, the change of name to UAR. We've discussed so many things. On this platform, we believe that everybody's rights, Nigerians' rights are human rights. Uh, the president is not bigger than Nigeria. And there's no reason why uh, Twitter should be banned. The president needs to respect the youth. To change the name of Nigeria means the future of Nigeria as a country should be negotiable. So if you are joining us, this is Spot Save Nigeria podcast. Nigeria is going down the train. We believe we can save Nigeria to this platform. Continue to share this podcast. And we will join you or we'll, we'll see you. We'll, we'll bring a new episode to you next week. I think uh, my parting word would be to every Nigerians and to everybody listening to this podcast to always have the uh, belief that Nigeria is going to be great again. Uh, don't believe what is whatever is happening in the country at the moment is going to be the downfall of the country. Uh, keep holding your faith and keep believing that this country is going to be better. And uh, while you are believing, keep holding the government accountable, be it the state government or the national government, keep holding them accountable to everything they are doing because that is your right as a citizen. And we must keep exercising this right as a Nigerian. So, thank you very much. And we we'll see you next week. Bye.